Because you not only have Rapperpore, you also have a daily version of that, and then you also co-host with other people's podcasts, and you're producing a, another podcast about how to podcast. And so I'm curious how you manage your time effectively so that it doesn't consume every waking hour of your life. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I am your host, Travis Albritton, head of content at Buzzsprout. And you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things that they've learned along the way. Now, in today's conversation, I had the pleasure of sitting down with the host of The Rap Report, Andrew Rappaport. And in the interview, we talk about the ins and outs of joining a podcast network. I know a lot of you have heard about podcast networks, maybe even thought about joining one. And so we dive really strategically into the pros of joining up with a network and how it can help you. And then also some things that you need to be aware of going in. So potential deal breakers, depending on what the goal is for your show. And then also because Andrea and I both have our own Christian podcast, we talked about the importance of holding yourself accountable to the content you produce. Because for a lot of a lot of us, a lot of our podcasts, there's more on the line than just talking about the latest television show or, you know, strategies to grow your business. And you don't want to lead your listeners astray. You don't want to give them bad advice or tell them to do something or endorse a certain course of action that ends up being harmful. So we dive into how to make sure you are feeling really great about the content that you create. But before we jump into the interview, I need some help from you, all right? Because we want to do a very special episode of podcasting in real life where the tables are turned and I am the guest and you can hear some of my podcasting story. So Albin, my co-host on How to Start a Podcast and the uh, head of marketing here for Buzzsprout, He's going to select around a dozen questions submitted by you guys and then interview me based on what you are interested in. And so I won't know what he's going to ask until we start recording. So I'm, I'm going into it completely blind, but I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity to, to learn more about my journey, but do so in a way that is, is really lining up with what you're interested in. So there is a link in the show notes as well as a link in the uh, Facebook group. I put a post in the Facebook group, and that goes to a Google form where you can submit your your question, the thing that you want Alvin to ask me, and then we will release it as a future episode of podcasting in real life here on Buzzcast. Now we will be accepting questions until a week from today, next Wednesday, April twenty fourth. So make sure that you either click the link in the show notes or jump into the podcast, uh, the Buzzsprout podcast community on Facebook and click that link to submit your question. Now, when Andrew started his first podcast, he did sign on to a podcast network. Needless to say, it didn't turn out quite the way that he had hoped. So I started getting into noticing that podcasting was going to be the next big medium many years ago. In fact, my board of directors at Striving Fraternity actually wanted me to start podcasting four years before I actually started podcasting. I, I'm a perfectionist. I knew how much work was going to be involved in doing it, and I just didn't want to get started. I knew there was a lot I was going to have to learn on the audio side, on just the what does an RSS feed, and then all the content. And so I was very intimidated by all of that, and I just didn't want to get started. And I really, I, I, because I'm a work in a ministry that disciples people, mentors people, we were mentoring a guy who was doing a podcast and I ended up noticing, well, it looks like the future is going toward podcast networks. It's kind of like when radio, everyone was on the radio and then they started syndicating the bigger name people and radio stations start doing that. I saw the same thing that was starting to happen with podcasting and I wasn't podcasting yet, but I was working with him and he really pushed me 
to get into podcasting. And he made it easy because he was taking care of all the technical stuff. All I had to do was get the microphone and record. And I, I knew how to do some of the editing. So I did basic editing and was putting stuff out. And it was it was really good for me because I wouldn't have started, I don't think, any other way. I When we did a video, we did our YouTube, I did it live because I knew I if I do the editing, I would be driving myself nuts. So I had to figure out how to do all that. Working with him made it kind of easy because I only had half the information I had to worry about, the content. Once I started getting used to that, I then was able to start focusing on other things, which I got, it was kind of forced upon me because uh, whether, whether it was accidental or not, um, we had left, there was a split and he had destroyed my entire RSS feed. So I went from thousands of downloads an episode to starting over. Ouch. And so, you know, now I had to learn what an RSS feed was, how to, how to create them for podcasts. Um, I had to learn all of the, the, the audio stuff, everything that was needed to be able to start podcasting again. And so it took a while to do that. So, but by now I didn't have that invitation because I already had half of it down and that made it a lot easier. And it really affected how I approached podcasting going forward, because there is some benefits to being on a network. You get cross promotion and things like that. But the problem I saw was that someone else owns that RSS feed. And if you don't have a contract as I didn't, um, you know, they could do what they want and there's not much say that you could do. And so I wanted to get some of the benefits of that without the negatives. And that's why I you know, I started creating what we now call the Christian podcast community. And with that, it's, we, we have contracts that are really clear. You own your RSS feed, not us. <laughs> and so we wanted to protect folks in that way. And it, it now has forced me being, you know, the executive director of a Christian podcast community to have to learn how to do podcasting even more because I have to constantly be discipling people and helping them to understand how to do this. So I listened to guys like you. And when you had, you had your episode one of your podcast series, I listened to audacity to podcast school of Christian uh, school, school of podcasting. Sorry, Dave Jackson. Uh, <laughs> so I listened to these and, and I, I'm le constantly learning and then trying to teach it. So I know a lot of people that are listening are like, Oh wow. He was in a podcast network. And that's definitely like a buzzy, word especially when you're first getting started trying to figure some things out and you think oh this network could be not necessarily a shortcut but an accelerator to help me kind of get some exposure very quickly and kind of validate if this is going to be something that I want to do but you definitely highlighted a potential drawback to that which is you forfeit a lot of your own ability to control your podcast and control maybe not even distribution but even down to a a content level potentially that that's not a piece of content we want associated with our network. So, so kind of applying some of the things that you learned from your first experience and the things you really emphasized with the network that you helped put together, what are some really good things for people to think about if they're considering either joining a network or trying to become a part of something like that? Yeah, I, I actually addressed some of this on, on a podcast I do with Colleen Sharp, um, from Theology Gals on, we called So You Want to Be a Podcaster because we're going to end up addressing this. There are definite benefits to being in a network. Yes, it, it's not wrong to shortcut. I mean, we are looking to put our voice out there and you want to have it out there to as many people as to subscribe. So being part of a network, that cross promotion is great. I, I tell people in, in our Christian podcast community, if I'm promoting myself to people that are my audience. They already listen to me. They already know about me. I'm not going to get much new traffic. But if I am part of a group where there's 10 other people talking about my podcast to their audience who don't know about me, that's how it's going to benefit. One of the biggest ways to grow a podcast is by being on other shows or, or having commercials played on other shows. It's that cross promotion. 
but you have to know what you're getting into. Make sure you have a contract that says you own your material. You, if they're going to control your content, you can say this, you can't say that, know that up front. Know if they're going to have like in, in the, some networks, you have to play commercials where they make all the money. Well, that's going to cut into your show. Yeah, this is one of the things we didn't want to do. We say, hey, if you want to make the money, you can play the commercial. If you don't want to play the commercial, that's fine. You just don't make the money. <laughs> you know, but there's that's the thing. You have to know what the the network's rules are. And if they don't have rules and they don't have contracts, run very quickly. Because as much as you think it's going to give you a benefit, it could burn you more than you know later. I mean, I've, I've lost some of that motivation. We were talking earlier. I've lost some of that motivation that, I mean, when you start a podcast, there is a lot of motivation to get it out there. I put money behind it. I would do ads. I would do giveaways. I did a whole lot and it takes a lot of energy, a lot of time. I don't have that time and energy to do that. So I just go, you know what? Those who want to listen, they're going to find it. I'm just trusting God. I'm a, I'm a Christian podcast, so I'm trusting God. And the thing, though, is, is that there's still people a year later that'll be like, hey, when are you going to start podcasting again? And I'm like, I have been. <laughs> so you have that. But so you have to know what the network's rules are, what they're looking to do, because one of the things to do, if you're on any network, know what the exit plan is. In other words, you want to get those that initial thrust and, and downloads and subscribers from the network. But if you want to go out on your own, we were part of a network where the, the rule was you couldn't have your own uh, website. You couldn't do your own blogging. Everything had to be on the network site. All the traffic had to go there. And, and that's fine. There's networks that do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But know that up front and know that if you leave, do you own it or do they own it? There's some that say, no, we own everything. Well, you better know that. And if if not, it could become a battle. It could be there, there was one podcaster that had a problem because when they left, the network thought that they owned it. And this person's like, well, no, copyright law says I own it. And the only choice to do then is to get a lawyer involved. You don't want to be doing that. Yeah, and I think just like in hearing your tips, which I think are all really important to think about just kind of counting the costs on the front end instead of crossing your fingers and hoping for the best and then getting burned later is just really having a solid sense of what you're trying to accomplish with your podcast. Because there are a lot of people that have a lot of different goals. You know, some people are trying to grow their business. And so the podcast is content marketing for their business. Some people are just trying to produce something because they're passionate about what they are passionate about. And they want to connect with people that have those same uh the same aspirations um you know and something that i always come back to and something that i kind of repeat for people whenever i'm coaching people in podcasting is something that seth godin talks about which is if you're building something from scratch if you're building a business podcast anything like that it's like building your dream house you get to decide every single piece of that house so if you want a beach house make sure you build it on the beach don't don't settle for a house in the woods all right, be intentional. Don't just, you know, build a house in the woods because that's what everybody else is doing. If you want a beach house, build a beach house. And so just making sure that as you're trying to figure out what are the best ways for me to to get exposure, to gain listeners, that ultimately you're going to end up in the place that you want to be down the road. Because it's easy in the moment to kind of make decisions that seem good now without really considering the long-term ramifications of what could potentially happen if you make a misstep early on. Yeah, because if if you do that, you end up with what happened with my parents, the house across the street from them. The guy built his own house and he really wanted a New Orleans style house that's raised up and they live in Florida and the house just looks awkward. I mean, everyone drives by and it's like, what is that? <laughs> it just doesn't fit. Yeah, I mean, you you need to know up front what the goal is. It, if you're a if you're going to be podcasting for business, then you have a really specific goal. You want to make money. Now, the money may not be coming directly from the podcast. It may be from products you sell and things like that. 
for for guys well you have several podcasts some are for business and then you have you have a christian uh practical christian daily podcast where you know that is for motivation that is probably not going to make you a lot of money Uh, (laughs) but it's it's a passion well if i'm doing it as i do mine for a passion if I'm putting my own money in it. That's fine. I look at it as a hobby. To me, it's, it's something I could use a medium to teach. And that's the goal. My goal is to, to teach people God's word, to interpret it properly, to apply it properly. That's the goal of my podcast. That's what I hope. So I'm not looking to make money. I'm not looking to, I've written books and I promote the books, but I'm not looking to make the money other than to kind of cover costs. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice when you can break even at least, uh, for sure. So so you have your, your hands in many pots, many podcasts, because you not only have your, you know, rap rapport, you also have a daily version of that podcast, and then you also co-host with other people's podcasts and you're producing a another podcast about how to podcast and you have a lot of plates spinning. So I'm curious how you manage your time effectively so that it doesn't consume every waking hour of your life. Oh, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First off, uh, I'm an odd individual that I don't sleep very much. I get about three to four hours a night. So I can do more in the, in an average day than most people. Um, Effective time management is really important. I time box a lot of things. And so it's whatever we get done in this hour or this 30 minutes or you have to do that, Uh, especially with my travel schedule. I mean, I I travel around the world to to speak at Christian conferences. Um, I'm going to be going to the Philippines for two weeks. I have a daily podcast. I have a weekly podcast. Actually, I have two weekly podcasts. And then I have one that's every other week. Well, I have to build up a backlog of all those. I have to have about three weeks of podcasts already. So that's 15 dailies, three of the Rap Report weeklies, three of the Apologetics Lives weeklies. Now, those, um, that's a live show. I actually have to get someone to sit in my place for the live show. And then I got to take that audio while I'm on the road. Um, and so that's one I can't do while like in a backlog, cause that's a live show. So that adds a different dimension to that. So I have to have the equipment when I'm traveling to be able to connect and, and do that. And I, when I'm traveling, I bring two different microphones with me because I never know when I'm going to want to try to record. I have a microphone that goes right into my iPhone and people can't believe the quality uh, it's the iRig HD. It's great. Plugs right into your phone and I can record right there. I have my other, my, I use my AT2020 USB that I connect right to the computer and I can use that one when I have the computer. So I always travel with those because I'm, I'm a conference speaker. I run into other conference speakers and therefore I could just say, Hey, can we do a quick interview sitting in a green room with somebody and just knocking out a quick interview, maybe 20 minutes, and that becomes something that I throw into the podcast. So it's something that is constant, but I try to set aside a day. So Sunday is a day where I do a lot of my recording for my daily. So my Sunday will typically be that I go to church in the morning, I come home, we eat lunch, I get changed. And then my wife kind of leaves me for several hours to just knock out all of the recording. And she tries to keep the house quiet. It's nice. We don't have kids in the house anymore. We don't have animals in the house. So that's an advantage. But I'm trying to set a day aside. Now, here's the problem. If you're a Christian conference speaker, what day do you think I am busy speaking the most and traveling? Probably on Sundays and Saturdays. On Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> so on those days, I have to actually plan ahead. So I'm right now, I'm headed out to North Carolina this weekend. Well, I was up last night till about three in the morning recording two weeks of shows because I'm, I'm going to be busy two Sundays. Got to get them in. 
So it, it does mean that I have to plan ahead. I have to plan way ahead. I was just away for 10 days in California. And what frustrated me when I got home was it was nice having a whole week where I didn't have to think about, oh, I got to do the editing. I got to do the recording. I got, And then I got home and realized, oh, they're all gone. All that backlog is done. I got to build another backlog. <laughs> so it's good to have a backlog. It's good to have that plan because life happens. One of the things that I have found is that people really appreciate the consistency of my podcast. I'm on almost 300 episodes of my daily podcast and haven't missed a day. I've been podcasting for over a year now on the new, new podcast and on my weekly, I haven't missed a week. So that takes some diligence, but th your audience will listen more. I know that there's some podcasts that that's the biggest thing is the consistency. Well, what you have to do is know to, to have episodes ahead of time. I have a friend of mine that's with the bar podcast and what he actually is about three months ahead on his podcasts. He, he records every week, even though he has the backlog and there's every once in a while, he ends up having something happen that he's, he slowly gets caught up and then he'll work diligently and do a couple extra podcasts in a week to get that backlog. Having them scheduled is really important because you can't plan for funerals. You can't plan for emergency room hospital visits and those things can happen. But if you have them scheduled, it, it basically will give you that freedom when that happens, that it's one less thing you have to think about. I don't have to sit there and go, oh no, I still have to record tonight because, you know, I'm sitting in a hospital and I'm thinking about recording. No, I, you don't have to if you have that already scheduled. Yeah, I try and keep somewhere between two and three weeks ahead on all of the podcasts that I produce, both personally and for Buzzsprout, because you're right, things come up. Like, literally the most inconvenient thing that can happen to you as a podcaster is you get a mild cold where you sound nasally and you're coughing and your throat's all jacked up. And it's like, I feel like a normal person except I can't talk into a microphone without sounding like a chain smoker. I just can't. So you, you, need the, you need the backlog for even when the most mundane, everyday thing happens so that you're always there for your listeners. I, I mean, I always kind of giggle when my wife, who loves watching uh, you know, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like she's expecting an episode to come out. And then, you know, there's some special event where it's like, oh, well, we don't have that episode this week. It's, it's coming back next week. And she's like, no, 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 I, I want to watch this right now. I'm expecting it now. And so she has this love-hate relationship with ABC because of it. And so you don't want that <laughs> with your podcast listeners. You want to be there for them. And, and if they have an expectation that you're going to be there every week, you want, to, you want to do your part as well. Yeah, I mean, you can hear my voice. This is not how my voice normally sounds. I've had a cold for about four weeks. And I, I had two weeks where I, I could not really record without me really sounding bad. But fortunately, it was the two weeks that I was in California. And people go to California and don't expect to have rain and cold. And that's where I got my flu from in California, I think. Yeah, I think that it's important for folks to have that plan ahead of time. You know, it's, it's, you know, I did, we did a podcast recently called, and so you want to be a podcaster about knowing your mission, having a purpose and always keeping that in mind when you're doing your podcast. Why am I doing this? And we actually, someone you've had on this show before, uh, Tracy Woodall, she, she came on, I interviewed her because something she did that she mentioned on your show that I thought was so great. She said she knew she would be um, she knew she was going to be worried about the numbers and her, her show is called Reboots. She was worried about the numbers or she knew she would. So she wrote a card to give her friends and said, here, I want you to hold on to this so that when I like start getting upset that the numbers of downloads are down, you can remind me why I'm doing this. And I said, that is brilliant. That's just a, that the foresight that she had. Now, she's got a career in broadcasting, so maybe she has that advantage, right? But it shows the insight. And, and 
a lot of people don't have a plan for podcasting. That, like you said, it's why so many don't go past episode eight, right? They don't have a plan. Have a plan, have a commitment. You know, when, when people join the Christian podcast community, we actually have a legal contract that says you will do X number of podcasts a month. And you're going to have this contract for a year. And it's like, wait, but wait, like, do I have to do it? We're like, we're not going to actually force you, but we want that pressure on you so you don't quit. So know what you're getting into, <laughs> because that's a big thing. Well, especially if you want it to to amount to something beyond just kind of speaking into a microphone and then crossing your fingers. Like if you want to be intentional about your podcast, if you really want to invest in it and make it as good as you can make it, then yeah, you, you have to have the discipline. You have to have the commitment and kind of the built-in accountability to make sure you're, you're staying on track with what you got into it in the first place for. And and there are times where some podcasts, like you did the one on how to start a podcast, and it was, I think, if I remember correctly, like eight episodes. And it was great. You, the problem was you left me going, I want more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you said, okay, well, wait for season two. And I'm like, I'm waiting. But, <laughs> so, but there are shows that are a set number of, of episodes and that's it. And that's the, there, there's shows where people will do uh, a book or a, a series of something and it's, that's it. And then they start something new. That's, that's fine. That's your goal. That's the plan then you're accomplishing it. But if you want to have uh, the regular audience listening on a regular basis and wanting the engagement, now you can have a long break in between your podcasts, but what you lose in that is the engagement with your audience and the better engagement with your audience, the more they are going to be likely to share your podcast and their friends hear about it, which is what most people want. That's really the benefit of the consistency is that engagement with your audience. People are like, how do I, how do I get more reviews? Well, how often are you podcasting? Uh, whenever I get around to it. Well, you don't show a commitment to your audience. They're not going to show a commitment to you. Yeah. And, and just to kind of like hit on that consistency note and, and how it affects the relationship your listeners have with you. Like think about family members that you're close to. You're probably closer to your, your parents or your siblings or your spouse, people that you see consistently versus the second cousin you've seen three times at your, in your life, right? So if, if you have that kind of disparate all over the place, whenever I get around to it, publishing schedule, you become their second cousin when you really want to be have more of a close-knit relationship and friendship because that's where you're able to make the depth of impact that we have the opportunity to make as podcasters. Yeah, I, I only know of... A couple of podcasts. I think the one I'm thinking of is Voice of Reason Radio. There's two guys. They can they do it inconsistently, but they have such a connection with their audience that they're actually able to pull that off. I mean, you, you you're waiting for the next episode, but when they're together and you finally get an episode, it's kind of like you're saying with your wife. You you can't wait for the next one. You're upset that you're missing it. But they keep you wanting that next episode. Yeah, it's just it's a very tricky thing to nail. It's it's much it's much simpler to just be consistent, even if that consistency is every other week or once a month. You want to set the expectation and then fulfill the expectation. Um, so I do want to shift a little bit and talk about content because both of us have Christian podcasts, and this isn't just advice for Christian podcasters, but for people that create content with a little more at stake, right? That you're not just sharing your thoughts about starting a business or you're not just, you know, talking about the, t the TV show that you just watched. Like you're talking about something that matters, whether that's mental health, emotional health, spiritual guidance. And there's more, you have more responsibility as someone that is, you know, not only having an opinion, but encouraging other people to follow the things that you're teaching or to follow the things that you're saying. So I'm curious, from your perspective, how do you make sure that you feel like you're in a really great place with what you're putting into your podcast? And then how, what kind of feedback mechanisms do you have to, to kind of hold you accountable to, you know, really wanting to make sure that you're not leading people astray towards bad advice or bad counsel? 
Well, specifically with a Christian podcast, there's a lot more that I'm going to have to be concerned with than if, if I'm doing a secular show, because there's, there's different ethics in play. I, I cannot do things like clickbait, right? That's deceptive. That's that I would say is wrong. So I can't do certain things like that. There's going to be things where I'm going to have to know that I am an ambassador. Okay. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. When I get onto my show and I'm going to say, this is how to interpret God's word, or this is how to apply it to life. Or here's something we see in the news. What does God's word have to say on this? How is, do we as Christians respond to this? When I'm doing something like that, I have, I'm saying, thus says the Lord. That's scary. Now, I, this is also going to be true for if you have a Muslim podcast, you're an ambassador for Allah. If you, you know, and anyone that has something that if you're a, a vegan podcast, you're an ambassador for veganism. In other words, your audience, people who listen to you are going to look at you and say, this is what X is like, whether it's Christian, Muslim, p- vegan, whoever, okay? They're going to look at you, they're going to listen to what you say, and they're going to put that on everybody else in that group. So you got to be aware of that. You are an ambassador. I, I always tell this story. I have a friend of mine who, when he goes to the country of Jordan, uh, he travels around and he has to be very careful what he says. And he, he went to a seminary, he goes to visit some of the missionaries that are there, and he has to be really careful. The reason he has to be so careful is because who he walks around with. You see, when my friend goes to the country of Jordan, he travels with the royal guard. Why? Because he comes as a invitation of the king of Jordan. And so the king puts his guard around him to protect him when he's traveling in town. So everything he does, everything he says reflects back to the king. If he acts like a jerk in public, the media in Jordan will pick up on that because he is representing the king because he's got the royal guard with him. You see, this is what ends up happening. We as ambassadors have to think this way. I, as a Christian, have to think that everything I do reflects back to the king, King Jesus. And so I am going to think about that. I have a I might be a little bit different than other Christian podcasters because I'm part of a ministry striving for eternity. I have a board of directors that I'm accountable to. Uh, I have the Christian podcast community and we have a board there. I'm accountable to them. And so I have regular meetings and we discuss things. Trust me, we discuss things I say on my podcast. (laughs) If I say something that they don't think was best, I hear about it. Um, It doesn't happen often, but there's things where it's like, hey, we, we want you to do this or don't, you know, don't mention this or something like that. So I have that accountability because of the just the ministry that I'm involved in. But we have to, when we turn on this mic, it is not us and a microphone. I mean, that's what it feels like, because you can't see anybody else that you're talking to when you're doing your recording. But if you have 100, 200, 500, 1,000, 10,000 downloads per episode, then you're picture yourself sitting in a room with the 10,000 people. Would you talk differently? Because that really is your audience. You have to have that mindset. But if you are going to be representing a group, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, whoever, uh, even if you're going to, I'll probably get myself in trouble. Even if you're going to be representing groups like LGTB or anything, you are an ambassador for that group. Okay. You always have to remember to present yourself in a way that presents the whole group in a good light, because there are plenty of people I know, at least within Christianity, there's plenty of people who act like a jerk on their podcast or in their blogs, and it represents to everybody. The world is watching. Well, and I think kind of to to bring this conversation full circle and make it really applicable, just remember that regardless of how many people you have listening to your podcast, you are an influencer, which means you are influential. You you have a say, and what you say matters to the people that are listening to your podcast more than others. So just be very responsible with that trust. Be very responsible with the trust that your listeners are putting 
into your podcast and what you have to say and what you think because they're going to follow it. And so don't give advice that you wouldn't follow yourself and make sure that if you had a conversation with someone down the road about something you said, you would feel really great about what you offered to them. Yeah, I recently went to a conference. I, I There's a guy over at Voice of Reason Radio who he just does his show, doesn't really, he doesn't go to conferences, doesn't go anywhere. And I, I took him to a conference with me. And the one thing he was blown away with was how many people came up to him and thanked him for his show. I mean, this is a conference of about five, 6,000 people. And he couldn't believe how many people listened to his show and were encouraged by it. And he said to me, he's like, I feel like I have more responsibility in what I have to do. Like, I didn't realize I was having this much of an influence. Like, I, I'm a nobody. How is it? Like, he doesn't think anyone should be listening to him. It's just, he's like, we're just two knuckleheads just enjoying the conversation we have. And you guys are all listening in. And he's realized that there's all these people that are learning, encouraged, and they're finding helpful what is going on on his podcast. And he didn't know the impact. And I've seen this time and time again, when people get out, and this is a good thing to do. If you have a podcast, especially if you have, if you're on a network, sorry, if you're hosted with someone that has like the statistics that could tell you where you're being listened to, check those out, try to get there and do a meetup meet your audience that will have an impact on your podcast because all of a sudden you're going to be hearing how your podcast is influencing them and you're going to get excited but you're also going to realize as you said how much your podcast is an influencer this is what i say about reviews i have so many people like oh send, you know give us a review it helps us get a higher in itunes no i like what you're uh, Daniel J. Lewis says it doesn't do anything with with that, but boy, does it help me to realize the the influence I'm having on people's life. It's like I I tell people, give me a review because I it's just me and this microphone, and I want to know what you're thinking because I don't know any other way. Send me the email, send me the review because when I'm don't want to when I know that I got to sit in the room and record for the next couple of hours, I really don't want to do that. I'd rather sit with my wife, right. Those are the times that I have a file that I keep reviews and emails and I read through them to remember this is this is the impact it's having. Have you had any particular interactions that have stood out to you where you meet somebody for the first time and they they talk about the impact your podcast has had on them personally? Like, are there any that really stick out? There was one that did in a way that I didn't expect. Cause I, I travel a lot. I speak at conferences. I get to ha meet lots of people from that. And, but I did an episode about Brett Kavanaugh. Okay. When that whole thing was going on. And really the issue I was trying to address is not whether he was innocent or guilty. It was the fact that people were actually changing and saying he was guilty before even hearing evidence. And that's a dangerous thing for America, I thought. And I was addressing that. And I had a lot of people who interpreted me saying that as, well, you don't understand that, that it must have happened because this is what happened in my life. And I was not supporting a sexual abuser at all. <laughs> uh, I'm very much against sexual abuse. Uh, and it turns, I mean, she, that woman, uh, was sexually abused. It just turns out that it wasn't Kavanaugh. They, they, the FBI had the guy, but the thing is, is that there was a woman who she had been sexually abused and she contacted me very upset because she thought I was trying to give a pass on sexual abusers. And what ended up happening there is it gave me an opportunity privately, not over a podcast, but privately to counsel with her and help her. And here's a woman who for 20 plus years had been struggling with someone who abused her sexually. And she had been to counselors and never actually got help. And here through this podcast, I was able to actually talk with her and help her to deal with the, the abuse and actually be able to forgive the person that wouldn't have happened had I not had a, this podcast and, and done something on a political issue and actually was able to impact someone's life that 20 years of counseling didn't help. Wow, that's really cool. No, that's a really cool story. And and what I love when I think back on other people that have told similar stories is 
is that the impact that you have on people's lives often is not even about your podcast. It's something else, right? It's it's some other level of connection, some other kind of impact. You know, like one person was sharing that they just, you know, basically do a three-hour live stream podcast with five buddies. And then there was this person from Scandinavia that emailed them and said, I work in you know, a hospital all the time and I'm just surrounded by death all day. But when I listen to your podcast, it brings me joy. And that's not what their podcast is about, but that was the impact that they had. And so it is, it is so cool. It is so cool hearing stories like that because it, the more I hear, the more I start to believe this is a universal impact that we as podcasters have, regardless of the kind of show that we have. You know, people focused, YouTube came out and it was really popular. It became the new medium for a while. And, and it's somewhat like dying away only because people don't have the time to just sit and watch the videos as much, but podcasting people take with them anywhere they are is where they have their phone. I'm in a lot of airports and I don't ever go to the airport anymore and not see people with their earbuds in all the time. Everybody's listening to something, music, podcasts, they are watching movies, but they're doing, they're constantly on their phones with stuff like that. Podcasting is, is blowing up. It really is. Here's, here's some things for, for podcasters to realize there's a, as of 2019, January, 2019, there was a a little bit over 600,000 podcasts. 200,000 of them started in 2018. That's a third started. Now, granted, many of them don't have more than eight episodes. Many of them, if they're on anchor, only have like one episode, if that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, That's what happens when you say, hey, it's free to start. But it does show that there's a huge change going on with podcasting. There has been just in 2019, and we're just in the beginning of April, 100,000 new podcasts that started this year. So on that trajectory, we may do more than what 2018 did by double. So there's so many new podcasts. Now that should cause us to go, well, what am I going to offer that's not already offered? What what am I going to do? Do I have to be different? Do I have to be unique? Well, if you're trying to gain an audience that might help. But at the same time, you don't have to be different. You know, you could say the same thing. I just got turned on to a new church history podcast. I had one that I loved and now I found a new one and I think it's even better. You know what? I could listen to both. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think if I had to choose, I'm probably going to switch to this other one, even though the one I used to listen to is a big name guy and this one's a a, a nobody, but this guy's doing a better job at it. I might listen to him more. So it may also be just the personalities. Some people have shows where you feel like you're just in their living room and you're sitting in on a, on a great conversation and learning other shows can't do that. So you don't have to necessarily be unique, but the, the question is going to come back to what's your purpose. If your purpose is 10,000 downloads an episode, well then maybe you need to be unique, but I'm just going to say, if you're a Christian and you're podcasting, and if you, if the traffic is your goal, get out of podcasting. Um, <laughs> if it's a Christian show, it should be about, you know, God. Same same is going to be true for Islam or any of the others. It, it, your, your purpose should match what you're doing. And that wouldn't be downloads if you're, unless your show is a business show, if it's Something where, you know, I mean, for for this one, Buzzsprout wants to get as many downloads because you want to get people on Buzzsprout because kind of that's how you stay in business, right? And more people are hosted with you. So there's a purpose there. And so downloads do have an impact. So so I'm having a blast, first of all, but I've got a couple questions here to wrap up. Um, You work with a lot of people that are interested in podcasting, interested in starting podcasts. We kind of touched on that a little bit with your uh, your network that you created for Christian podcasters. What are some beginner mistakes that you see frequently that we would do well to avoid? Yeah, and, and actually we make a distinction between a network and a community because the network controls more. We're a community. We're just going to be people that come together to cross-promote. Some of the big things I see that people 
uh, really make mistakes in is they don't count the cost up front. They don't think about the commitment it's going to take. And that's why I think there are so many podcasts that don't make it past episode eight. They start, they have a big plan and then it's, oh, this is a lot of work. This is, this is painful. I got to do this every week or every day. Know upfront what it's going to take, know what it's going to be like to do editing it's one of the reasons for the Christian podcast community. We, we say you have to have three episodes done because even if, if they haven't played anywhere, we want you to record them, edit them, have them ready so that you know what it takes. Cause that's going to be one of the things we're going to talk about. Can you, can you handle this in your schedule? I think a big thing is that people don't have that commitment. And what you often see is when you have a podcast with two people or three people and they're co-hosting, Typically, the big problem is one of them realizes this is too much work. I just want to show up and talk and let the other guys do everything. And that causes friction because the person who feels like he's doing everything is upset that you're just showing up and talking and he's got to do all the work and he's got a life too, you know. And then it becomes where podcaster, the co-host says, you know, it's not for me. I'm out of here because he didn't have the commitment. And then someone wants to continue the show, but now he doesn't have a co-host. He's got to look for a co. So these are different things that all come back to that commitment issue. If you have a co-host, know up front the commitment. Talk about that. Don't shy away from it. Know that that's a real possibility that one of you may end up saying it's too much for me. Again, have a plan. In that case, have an exit plan. Now, I don't on my show, Rap Report, I don't have a co-host. I have guest co-hosts. Sometimes I do it completely by myself. Sometimes I do interviews. Sometimes I get guys that come in and I'll do a monologue and then they jump in and we talk about my monologue. So I don't have that commitment level that I need from a co-host because I wanted to avoid that. I didn't want to be in a position where I feel like I'm doing all the work and now I'm upset with uh, someone that's a friend of mine because I'm feeling like I'm doing all the work and he's doing nothing. I don't want to have that. So, for example, on on So You Want to Be a Podcaster, Colleen and I sat down and we had a discussion. We met and said, okay, let's plan this out. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? We have specific things that we agree we're going to each research. She said, okay, I'm going to do the editing. Okay, great. You do the editing. Here's what I'm going to do. We had that plan up front. So there's no hard feelings. We know what each is going to do. So you have to have that plan. And I think another big thing I mentioned earlier, know what you own and make sure you own what you need to own. If you join with other people, even if it's a co-host, we within the Christian podcast community, you know what we do when we have people that come in and they have co-hosts? We ask them who owns the RSS feed. Because if you guys split up, we're, we're not going to get between you guys. You're going to tell us coming in who owns everything, and that's who owns it. And that's it. We're done. You know, we don't get in the middle. So we kind of force that. But if you're if you're part of someone that hasn't thought through that far, you may want to have a discussion with your co-host ahead of time. Uh, for example, my Apologetics Live, it's really strange. People f- can't figure out who owns it because Striving Fraternity owns that RSS feed and that show even though it's on karm.org. That's where we do the videos because karm has a bigger platform and they can monetize their videos. So Matt works with karm. I work with striving fraternity. So we have a mutual benefit. The advertising dollars go to us. The monetizing of the YouTube videos goes to him, you know, but we have a contract that says all that. Yeah. Don't, don't leave things unsaid. Make sure there's clarity (laughs) and, and a clear understanding of, of, all aspects of your show. And and again, it, it all just comes back to you don't want to be surprised with bad news. You want to know what you're getting into and have a plan and an, and an understanding of what you're doing. I think those are great tips. Great tips. So last question for you, Andrew, and I know you've been looking forward to this one. If you owned a time machine that could go back to the day before you started your first podcast and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? By the way, I've stolen your this question, just so you know. I should give full attribution. Uh, I've stolen this question, and I started to use this, and I re- rephrased it to guys when I interview them and say, if you could go back in time to when you started ministry, what would you do different? I had a very well-known guy you know, in Christianity. He said, I'd be a Christian. <laughs> 
he was actually he was actually got saved after he got into ministry. That's too funny. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, if I could go back in time, I think it's kind of clear for me. I would have a contract. I, I would have had a contract up front, which is something I knew in the back of my head. I should have done at the time I knew, but I thought I, I'm dealing with friends and handshake deals were enough. And when things kind of broke up, uh, it, it became a question of, you know, are you, you know, how you, are you going to really fight this issue? Things like that. If I could go back in time, the one thing I would do different is make sure that I owned and I had control legally of everything so that there'd be no question. And I mean, there was, there's, there's some question. I mean, I could have done stuff, right. I could have gone the legal route. Um, but that wouldn't have been, uh, I don't think that would have been a good thing to do. And, and the fact is, is I, I always want to think the best of people. So even though it could have been with malicious intent that everything was destroyed, I can't prove that. I, I, I want to believe that he did it accidentally, just not knowing what he was doing. And therefore, you know, wh- why would I go down a legal route? But if I had a legal contract, then it's a thing where, OK, I could turn to him and say, you can't do this. Turn that back on and, you know, you have to, to fix it. Uh, I probably wouldn't have given over that control without you know, knowing that. So if I could go back in time, that would be the one thing I would, I would change because I lost thousands of subscribers because of it. If you are a Christian who is interested in learning more about how to properly apply the Bible in your everyday life, then make sure to check out the rap report and everything else Andrew is producing over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of podcasting in real life? Well, you can. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to submit your application for a future episode. And if today's episode inspired you or resonated with you, or if you learned something, we would love to hear from you. Just leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought. We love hearing from you guys. We love hearing your feedback and everything that you you send to us helps us uh, make this show better. Well, that is it for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.